You're listening to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for breakfast. Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 1611am. Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. We are lucky enough to be joined by former AFL player Robbie Armat. Robbie, you have an, a great career, really. 67 games, 68 goals of an average over a goal a game for both Collingwood and Sydney. What are you doing with yourself these days? Firstly, sorry, how rude of me. Welcome to the show. and Tell us what you're doing with yourself these days. Yeah, nah, good morning, Jacko, and thanks for having me on the show, brother. Um, currently, I'm uh, the First Nations Program Manager at Melbourne Grammar. I'm also doing some uh, consultancy work for the North Melbourne Footy Club, so... Between those two jobs and having four kids of my own, I'm a pretty busy man, bro. <laughs> no doubt, Robbie. Hey, did you play much footy when you finished up at AFL level? Obviously, your last game was at Sydney in 2001. Um, I think you were only about, what, 24 years old, around about then. Did you play much footy after you finished up at AFL level? No, I reckon I would have played probably about 50 more games. Um, I'd yeah. lost my passion for AFL. I just didn't... Yeah, um, yeah just... It's one of those things uh, a lot of people don't understand it when it becomes a job and it becomes monotonous and you do the same thing over and over and over. I just had no passion for the game. I got to the stage where I couldn't even watch it. Um, uh, and that was, it's taken me 20 years to kind of get back into the AFL now, working with uh, North Melbourne, doing some consultancy work there. But, yeah, I just lost all passion for the game, brother. Um, went back home to Darwin and played a couple of games up there for my beloved Buffaloes and... Yeah, just thought to myself there was more to life than playing footy and yeah, just went and worked and kind of stayed away from that and really like um, love watching rugby league and you know, because I played that as a kid so I kind of took my interest up back in that. How come players and particularly yourself lose that passion after playing at the highest levels? Is it because, like you said, it becomes a job and, and, and to elaborate more on that, is it is it the pressure? Is it sort of, you know, it takes the fun out of football or is it more, um, you know, the, the politics involved with football and stuff like that where you get a little bit disenfranchised and, and sort of unhappy with the whole process? Can you sort of explain how people, um, because that's a very common answer. You hear a lot of blokes, a lot of ex-AFL players, especially a lot of the territory fellas and they say that they just sort of lose love for the game. Why is that the case? I think, yeah, when we're young and all that sort of stuff, we don't play for money. So, you like, you know, growing up, my, my, my goal in life was to captain Darwin Buffalo mm. in, in the seniors. Like, because my family had been there, um, my cousins had gone before me, my uncles had gone before me and all that sort of stuff. And I actually just played for the love of the game. I think uh, once money becomes involved, and as you said, like the pressure and the politics in the AFL, days, blokes get games who shouldn't get games over other blokes and all that sort of stuff. And you do get disenfranchised and... You sit there and think to yourself, mate, what's the use of doing it? Like, and plus, I'd had my first kid in my last year at Sydney, and we travelled every second week. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, do I really want to be away from my kid every second week, or you know, do I want to kind of just settle down and um, you know, spend time with my kid and all that sort of stuff? And I've been in the system for seven years. I think um, the AFL take kids too early because I, I went straight from Michael High Year Eleven straight into AFL. I was playing yeah, well. the next year, so um, you know I had no life experience, never had a job in my life. Um, you know, when I left AFL, I really, really struggled with the concept of working because I never worked in my life. Um, didn't have no appreciation for money because you get a lot of money when you're a kid. So it's a lot of factors, but it is pressure, and you sit there and think to yourself, like it becomes a job, bro. So 
So, you know, you're not just turning up on a Tuesday or Thursday night and having a run around for two hours and then playing on the Saturday with your best mates and, you know, enjoying that and, and winning and all that sort of stuff. You're worrying about if you're on one-year contracts or two-year contracts, whether you're going to get a contract the next year. And, yeah, it just got too much for me. And I just thought, enough, enough, enough. It's time for me to get out of it. Yeah, that must have been bloody dawning as well, entering a football club of Collingwood, of all places, uh, as a 17-year-old. What was it like playing on Anzac Day? And I know you kicked a couple of goals there a few times there. It must be an exhilarating feeling, kicking goals in front of 85,000 people. Yeah, well, that's the thing, Jack. I remember you know, the first game I played on Anzac Day, I think it was about 86,000 or 87,000 people there. And uh, Damien Marcus, yes, when we ran out, he said, take a deep breath. And I said, well, mate, it's a bit hard to take a deep breath when the whole of Darwin's actually in one place. <laughs> you know, and, and probably millions of eyes watching you on TV and all that sort of stuff. But I was lucky enough to go to Collingwood. I've got nothing but good words to say about Collingwood. They looked after me. Um, I know that I went there when it was a bit of a turbulent time, but um, my, my time at Collingwood was nothing but a positive time. And I can't thank Tony Shaw and... Lee Matthews and, and Gubby Allen and the guys who were in charge there at the time for looking after me and looking after my family and um, I've always said it that if Collingwood was in an interstate, interstate club I would have stayed at Collingwood my whole career I just couldn't live in Melbourne I, I had no family down here the weather was no good um, I just wanted to get out and um, I was unlucky because the year I got drafted they took away the zones and if they had the zones still in, in play older went to the Brisbane Bears and older had Michael McLean who was yeah. Married to my first cousin, and Linda and Gilbert McAdam, who was married to my other cousin, all married, was going out with my other cousin in Violet, and I, and I would have had Daryl White, who I'd played with at Buffalo. So, you know, just walking into some familiar faces would have been a lot easier. But as I said, my time at Collingwood was nothing but positive and has helped shape the man I am today. Robbie, I know you are a humble bloke, so you won't like me asking this question, but can you take us through that famous goal you kicked on the SCG against North Melbourne? One of the goals of the century, let alone goals of the year. Can you tell us about that moment? Yeah, well, it's a bit of a funny story to that, Jack. Of course, like, I'd done my hamstring at, at Sydney like four times on each leg, and that's where I'd virtually done my rehab along that wing. So I kind of knew every blade of grass along that wing. So... Uh, when I just got the ball, I remember Swatter just saying run and, and Stewie Maxfield, who was to the left of me, who I was going to handball to because he was on his left foot and he could have roosted at 60 metres up the road, uh, up the, the field and given us good field positioning. He said run. So I kept on running and mate, no one actually charged at me. They kept on going back with the guys because the guys just kept on leading back, leading back, leading back. And then before I knew it, I was on the 50 and then um, Adam Good came out because I think... Um, Peter Bell was chasing me and he said, just keep on running, brother. He's not going to get you anyway. I'm just going to block him. And I got within 35 metres. And yeah, luckily enough for me, it went through because um, you know, running that far and, and running pretty quick and all that sort of stuff, um, that was one of the knocks on me when I first went to the AFL. I, I could run really quick and my kicking would let me down because I was running too quick. But you know, obviously, uh, being in the system for seven years and working with great guys in the system who taught me hey, just to kind of slow down the last couple of steps to make sure you get a good kick and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, it, it, luckily enough for me, it came off, and um, yeah, it was a pretty proud moment in my career. Awesome. Thank you very much, Robbie. Obviously, we I could talk to you all day about footy, mate. You're a proud Darwin Buffaloes man, as am I. Thanks for Phoenix Spicer, by the way. It was awesome for us this year. But we do need to go to a break due to time constraints. So you enjoy the rest of your morning, Robbie. Thanks for joining us. Nah, thanks for that, Jack. And good luck tomorrow, bro. Cheers. Plenty more to come here on SEN. Friday's in the top end. You're listening to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for breakfast. 
powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments.